You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and on today's episode I'll be joined by Mark Douglas as we discuss Steve Bruce's comments after that defeat to Manchester United and the reactions surrounding whether he did or did not go on holiday. Plus the injuries to Callum Wilson and if Mike Ashley's transfer window gamble is set to backfire. Plenty other points discussed as well. Please remember to like and subscribe. This is the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello, welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove, and today I'm joined by Mark Douglas. Mark, as usual with Newcastle United, there's plenty to discuss. There's the defeat to Manchester United, there's the Callum Wilson injury, the Leeds United game on Friday. But there is only one place to start, and that is Steve Bruce's comments in the aftermath of the Man United game, in which, um, yeah, he had quite a bit to say in such a sport, in such a short quote. He was asked about whether he went on holiday. He didn't like that question. And he then went on to blame the Chronicle for negativity and suggested that we, the fans are negative because of our coverage. Just, just just tell us how you feel about what Steve Bruce had to say after the Manchester United game. Well, I've heard it all before. I feel like it's a bit of a um it's a bit of a repeat of what happened in, you know, the the kind of the, the, the sort of towards the end of the Alan Pardew era where I heard very similar things. And, you know, again, it was because the team weren't winning. Um, I found what Steve Bruce said, personally, you know, I, I don't, I didn't, I, I just thought it was poor. I just thought it was really seeking to deflect blame for what's going on at the football club. The Chronicle, I actually think in this day and age, the Chronicle is is pretty much led by the supporters rather than the other way around. I think that's always been, it's always been the case. It's, you, you know, as a newspaper, you're not gonna you're not gonna start a one man campaign against a against a manager or or start railing against negativity if you feel that the general feeling behind of the supporters is that things are positive or even that there's you know that there's not there's not a lot of um, criticism out there. I mean, you've got to remember in in 2019 2020, I, I think it's safe to say that probably Steve Bruce wasn't the first choice of many Newcastle fans, but he was given a chance. The atmosphere inside the stadiums was. Fair enough, you know. Well, I don't think it was. Um, I don't think it was negative at all. I don't think our coverage was negative. Um, I think we were, you know, we gave him a chance. I think everybody's given him a chance. And I don't really think over this summer that the coverage has been particularly negative. I think um, Steve Bruce has obviously taken exception to a few things that were written, but I think it's pretty tame when you compare it to what's what a lot of supporters are saying. So I think he's just wrong. I think he's. I think he's living in a different era, to be perfectly honest. Where managers there's a kind of omerta between managers and journalists and you know if you don't ask the question it just doesn't you know it, it doesn't have to be acknowledged when you when you get when when fans are asking questions about certain things we live in 2021 it's the age of social media if we we could ignore that question that fans have had of uh, of lee but are we doing our jobs you know i would say i would say we're not i would say lee did a fantastic job on on saturday of asking the question that was that a lot of supporters had now he's taken exception to it because it 
he obviously feels in the aftermath of a bad defeat that it questions his professionalism or whatever it is. But that wasn't the case. It was a question as a journalist. You have to answer that question. And OK, you could say, I don't like that question. I think, that, you know, this, that and the other. But to then take it on to say that, that the reason for the negativity of the club is um, is for um, the Chronicle and the local media, I think it's just it's just wrong. But I think it it's what a lot of people inside the club believe. Um, you know, they don't see their own role in the mess that Newcastle United has become. And I think that's the saddest thing. And I don't think that Steve Bruce sees his own role in where Newcastle United become. I don't think he realised, I don't think he understands so much of what he said, especially when the COVID pandemic was going on and he was insulated from a lot of what fans were saying, you know, because the club has been able to, to stand away and be a little bit on, on its own. Um, and there haven't been, hasn't been that weekly or bi-weekly referendum which is going in front of your own fans. The club has been able to do exactly what I think it, I think it, it wants to do always, which is stay away from the public and be a little bit like, well, just get behind us because we're we're the club and you know you support us. Get behind us. They don't understand that you need to earn that respect. I think that Steve Bruce believes that he should just you know that he should be criticised. He keeps saying, well, I, I, I accept criticism. I accept criticism. It doesn't feel like it. It's never felt like it to me that he accepts criticism. Felt like from the first moment, either him or his, you know, people around him have snapped back at criticism very, very, very uh, quickly. But the fact is that when you look through his record at Newcastle United, it's not particularly great. Um, I don't think he's getting enough out of the team. I don't think he's, you know, I, I wrote after the Brighton defeat that, you know, I felt it was a time for a new change. It had a great end to the season, but nothing really changed. And that's the problem at Newcastle United. That's the problem Steve Bruce will come up against. And we said it when he took the job. It will end like this. And sure enough, it has. But this has got a lot of, I think, in pers personally, this has got a lot more road to run because you know how the hierarchy are. They they, they will see it in and almost, you know, certainly won't go against him that he's fallen out with um, the local media. I remember, you know, sort of seeing as a badge of honour for certain people at Newcastle United that you, that you went in. I mean, joking here, when he first came in and had a, had a pop at the media, it was almost like, great, somebody's finally said it, uh, what we wanted to say. I just think it's a shame. The local media, um, the Chronicle, are you know a great supporter of Newcastle United Football Club as an institution. We've always said we'll be critical friends of the hierarchy, but at the moment there doesn't seem to be much um, much willingness at the top to engage um, supporters and the media in terms of what they're actually thinking. And Steve Bruce is bearing the, a lot of the brunt of that. I think the frustrating thing was, despite the result against Manchester United four one. There were some positives from that game and this question needed to be asked because we were getting several, you know, dozens of tweets from people asking, why haven't you asked that question? We needed to ask it. We asked it. And whether you think it's right or wrong that Bruce went on holiday, all he had to do was say yes or no. And then the debate about whether it was right or wrong would have rumbled on. But that's all he had to say was, yes, I went on holiday, but we came back, I came back and we had a week of planning, you know, it was meticulous. It didn't work today, but we had a plan. And I think if you look at the positives from the Man United game, you can sort of see what the plan was. It worked in stages. They contained Man United to a certain degree. And then you take them positives and you build towards what is a huge game against Leeds on Friday. But instead of that, you know, instead of talking about how Manquillo performed on the, on, the, on the right or, you know, how the Sells had a, had a decent enough game, we are talking about Steve Bruce and the comments he's made. And it's just... It's take it takes the preparation for for the Leeds game in a total different and negative direction that 
no one right now, especially the club, needs. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just having a look for for the game that it was last year where he gave the talk sports, um, he gave the talk sport interview a few days after after a positive result. I think it was in the West Ham game that they won, and then there was this talk sport interview where he did come out and he was very combative in that in that um, interview as well and said things about the supporters. I think which he then later admitted he regretted. He maybe said the wrong things. I think you know it's a big part of management now, and I think I think. You know, managing expectations, managing the narrative is a big part of is a big part of management. It's you know we live in a kind of media culture that, that, that demands that. It's not just you know we, it's not the chronicle. He sees it as the chronicle. He sees the face of the coverage as being the chronicle because he can put names to faces and things like that. But these days, you know, social media has democratized everything. People have opinions about the chronicle's coverage. They have opinions about me, you, Lee, and. You know, sometimes you just have to ignore it because it doesn't come from a good place. But if somebody's got a point, I will, I will you know, personally, I will go and defend things that we do sometimes. You know, there's sometimes where I, maybe I don't agree with what we do, but I stay, so I stay, I stay strong, you know. And, and what I feel that, that um, Steve Bruce hasn't understood here is that, you know, it, it, the way that he said, oh, that's what fans are asking, is it? It's like, yes, that is what the fans are asking. And do, was it, would it bother me particularly if the manager went on holiday? Well, if I felt that he was doing, you know, I, I don't think necessarily the manager has to be there all the time because sometimes coaching coaching um, sessions can be laid on by other people and maybe he needed the break. We don't know, you know, where, what's going on really in his personal life. I don't really want to get involved in any of that, you know, because I don't think that's important. But what I think then is that, that maybe you don't then answer in the way that he answered. And, and you know, I, I think, look, it's, it, it, this is all froth really in a lot of ways because if the team's winning games, doesn't matter but then to blame the chronicle for the negativity around him i think that's the mistake that he made if he if he says you know i found disrespect that you talk about my holiday that's one thing i think you know again it's a question the fans are asking so you can just answer it in a different way but then to take it on and say the negativity of, of the fans is because of that just shows a total lack of understanding about the way the club's been for 10 years the negativity is you know would be there with any manager um He's got to feel it himself because he was let down in the transfer window. Um, you know, the way that he was on Friday, the way that he was on Saturday, I think he's fed up. Um, he's fed up with the coverage. He's fed up with with the way that he's been hung out to try. But that's Newcastle United, Steve. That's what you get paid for. I don't feel any sympathy for you because you knew. Alan Shearer told you. So, um, you know, I'm sure he'll, he'll relish the idea of going playing leads and showing up his critics as they kind of like to do it but it just misses the bigger picture which is the football club is the way it is is the way that it's run and you can rail against the local media all you want but there's nothing that we want more than a successful team that is building year on year it gets us page views it gets us sales when the team do well put on sales we don't want the team to be poor we don't want there to be negativity whipped up against the manager but at the end of the day what we went through last season the start to this season, the way that the fans are about the way that he the way that he is, partly because of some of the silly things that he said. It, it's it's not the chronicle who've caused that. In many ways, as I said, it's been it's much more organically generated and the chronicle is reflecting it. I mean when you look at the stats, he's only won seven of the last 34 fixtures in charge of Newcastle, which is against relegated teams. So it's not, I mean, that's not the Chronicles' fault. Neva's conceded in 12 goals. Is there 
any excuse for the, for the way he, he he reacted? I mean, he's under pressure, emotion straight after the game down at Manchester United. The banner being unveiled, um, the, the 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 out the Bruce out chance, which were clearly audible. He would have heard that. Is there any excuse on that part where you know all that rolls into one, and he's just he's just snapped in the moments, and maybe when he gets back on the bus or wherever, he, you know, he ended up. He kind of thought and sat back and said, "Oh, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't have done that." I mean, it's difficult to know to know where you know where his head's at, but it's not the first time that he has snapped at the media. You know, he's done it a lot over over the time that he's been in Newcastle United. I, I, I feel sorry for managers in a lot of ways that they have to react straight after the you know the, the, their team has played because I think you know it's a difficult time. It's 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 they're always gonna they're always gonna be emotional, and I think that's why the TV companies like. And that's why you know that's why they like to have these managers, you know, these snap, um, they call flash interviews where they get them straight after the games. You know, you saw Jurgen Klopp last year um, have a set two with the, the BT Sport reporter, um, and and I, you know, I do feel sorry for them in that way. But but the reason that you know again the reason that they have that TV coverage and the reason that's all there is because you know the TV companies know that it creates the drama. We're talking about it now. That's why they paid the money for the coverage, and so. That's why managers get paid a lot of money. That's why the game is as it is. It's all part of the circus. You have to regulate that. You have to manage it. You know, we knew that. Um, yeah, you know, I have a bit of sympathy for him, and I, and I always kind of say, look, you know, I don't mind a manager saying saying their opinion, um, but then you know you're going to get criticised for it, and it, it it works both ways. I've always said, you know, openness and transparency about. You know, like a, a good relationship should be one where you do sometimes get angry with the other party. You know, I'm sure that would happen. You know, how many of our colleagues who worked at the Stuff Bobby Robson era say, I mean, that he is one of the most revered and respected managers that Newcastle United had, but he had fallouts with journalists. He snapped at journalists at times as well because, you know, he was a proper football man and a proper man who would have it out with, with journalists. So we, we know it happens. I don't think anybody, you know, I've, I've had managers... Um, have a go at me, or you know, Lee. Obviously, on Saturday, I thought for the Brunt event, I thought it was, it was, it was, it was un- unnecessarily personal um, because I don't think the coverage Steve Bruce has ever you know, got personal. It's been criticism, criticism of the way that the team are playing and some of the management aspects of management. Um, but you know, your Newcastle United manager under scrutiny. If you're on holiday, you know, unfortunately, your life is kind of. You know, people are going to ask that question because they're going to say, does it affect his um, professional life? Now, you know, if somebody said to me, well, you know, I'm going on holiday next week. If somebody said to me, well, what's the coverage like when you're on a holiday? I'd sort of say, well, it doesn't affect you. We've got these people in charge. And stuff. And I, I think that's where that's where I find it. That's where I find it difficult. I, I do have some sympathy for him. It's a, it's a difficult time to be interviewed. And probably, you know, you know that there are certain things that probably... You know, like we said, like I said, there's a bit of this omerta between omerta sometimes between journalists and, and football figures, and they they're sort of like, well, there's certain areas that you maybe don't ask about and stuff, and maybe he felt that this was bordering on that. But when fans are asking the question, I think you have a right to, um, think he, you know, you have a right to ask the question, and then he, he can respond how he wants, and he responded exactly how he did. I think I know the answer to my next question because we we clearly think it was a question that needed to be asked. But I was listening to a, a national podcast today, um, and the question was 
are we forgetting Steve Bruce is human? And and the kind of general consensus on that podcast was that this really isn't a big deal, right? You went on holidays, you know, so what? But I, there's two points to that. I think, I think there's an issue. People outside of Newcastle, people who don't follow Newcastle, they do sometimes look upon the club and the fans as this big drama. And I think that's unfair, you know, when your club has started so badly. I think this is probably the key point. Steve Bruce can go on holiday, but he has to accept the fact that if he does that in the first international break without picking a win up, playing, you know, okay at best out of the cup, then he has to accept the criticism and questions that will come following that trip away. If indeed he did go, because we don't know for sure, that's what he has to accept. And I think when you're not covering Newcastle full time and you're jumping around and you're doing 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, it's difficult to maybe understand the full picture. But from our point of view, Mark, it was a question that did need to be asked. Well, I think if it's the fans are asking it, you know, it, it wasn't, I, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't something that, that, that I automatically thought it's, you know, oh my God, this is a massive scandal that he's, that he's taken a bit of time out. It wasn't something, you know, that, that's my personal opinion is I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with him taking, taking that time away from the training ground. Um, you know, but, but what happens then is that there are certain other managers who make a, you know, who make a virtue of the fact that they spend a lot of time at the training ground and they are there through the entire international break and will be preparing and, and, and doing those things. So when your team's lost, I suppose, Newcastle is, Newcastle's a different kind of club because it's such a, you know, let's be honest, the club is, you know, so important to the city that you do, you know, you do find that there are times when, um, you know, these questions get, get asked of you at Newcastle and maybe at small, you know, smaller clubs in cities that, that are a little bit more, you know, the, the maybe the, there isn't that passion that there is at Newcastle. Um, it might, you know, might go unnoticed. You know, he, Steve's managed at some clubs where, let's be honest, there's probably not the same uh, pressure and focus. So I think probably looking from the outside, you might say, what's the fuss? Maybe I would, maybe I would, if I didn't know about Newcastle United and the way that things are here, I might say the same thing. But then when when I know that the fans have asked, and I had a lot of people on my Twitter feed asking me as well why, why, why I hadn't been asked or whether somebody was going to ask, I think then you get into the point of well, what's the point of a press conference if you're not reflecting what the fans are asking? And 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 Lee Lee made the point in there that the fans are asking this question. Um, so I, you know, I, I think it's you know I think it's a fair a fair question to be asking if the fans are, if the fans are asking that question. Um, and I think you know you've got to sort of probably be prepared to to kind of justify why why you were away. And probably the simple answer is well. I'd done all, we'd done all the work. Um, I was, you know, I was here for, like you said, if he did go away, I was here for how much of the week, probably most of the week. You know, it's no different from other uh, other clubs. Um, we had the same issue last year, didn't we, with with Bruce? Um, there was a bit of a furore from a, from another journalist talking about who wrote about the amount of days off that the team had, um, with some players sort of saying we've got too many days off and things. And I think effectively, I think in the end, they did come out and sort of address it and say it was the sports science team recommending X amount of days off at that stage in the season and all this. But then you've got to come out and justify it. And, you know, it's a difficult one because I, I don't know whether, you know, because he, because it was such a, you know, because he flipped out basically and didn't, and didn't really address the question. I'd like to know why he felt it was un, an unfair question. Did he feel it was invading his personal life or did he, did he, you know, did he feel that way? For me, as I said, because the fans ask are asking that question, and because 
it wasn't a question about whether you're allowed to go on holiday. It was a question of has that impacted on your preparations for the weekend and the fact that you lost four one to Manchester United. So I think he's probably just feeling under a lot of pressure at the moment and reacted badly to, to, to that question. But he didn't react particularly well to a question on Friday that was, I thought, pretty straightforward. Is What did you make of the statement the club released? I mean, he talks about being asked that question and, you know, disrespectful and all these things. Well, for me, what was much more disrespectful was that statement in which it was very much implied, get back in your box, Steve, you knew exactly where where things were going. And for me, that's much more important than the back page of the Chronicle. But that's, but that, you know, but he's not going to criticise that, is he? Because that's his, um, that's his employers and he just has to get on with it. For me, that, that's the most important, that's, that's incredibly um, damaging for him that he's been undermined in that way. So maybe he doesn't see it that way, but he certainly didn't. He certainly wasn't particularly vociferous in defending the club statement, was he, on Friday? So that's where the problem is for me. And all of this other stuff is just froth. Linking into that statement, I know we covered that last week. Um, obviously, they said wasn't enough money to, to go out and buy other players aside from Joe Willick. But with the news that Callum Wilson could be missing until October, that gamble mark, is, it's going to become apparent very quickly whether it was a, a gamble worth taking because if he is out until October, you're going to have to rely on Joe Linton or Dwight Gill to get the goals. With Dwight Gill comes a formation change, which I don't know how many times after I've, I've said it on these podcasts, but if you play, play the Dwight Gill, you're going to have to change the setup. Will Steve Bruce Graham Jones do that? It doesn't look like we haven't seen in recent months they, they want to do that. We saw when Dwight Gill was thrown in against Chelsea last season, they just threw him in. The same Callum Wilson slot, it didn't work. Joe Linton on Saturday, I know it was against Manchester United, and he did have a couple of good efforts, didn't he? He forced Gear into a good save. But then, as Alan Shearer pointed out on match of the day, he just doesn't have that that desire and instinct to get into the box, you know. And I noticed it against the game against um I can't remember there was was it maybe against Burnley in the cup where he was literally just wasn't in the centre of the box and the ball was being put in and there's two things that stood out. A, he wasn't there. And B, there didn't seem to be any frustration from the other players as well. And that was another worrying thing. I mean, just talk about the striker situation, Mark, because Callum Wilson not being in the side is a huge, huge blow. Yeah, I mean, he's the most... He is the the, the one player in the Newcastle United squad that you, you'd feel confident that, that he, would, he, would get, he would get a goal. He'd get a goal every other game. That's his kind of ratio, isn't it? But the reason, as I've said a few times on this podcast before, the reason that Callum Wilson is at Newcastle United and he's probably not at one of the top six clubs in the country is because of problems that we've had in the last couple of years where he does get pick-up injuries that tend to rule him out for three or four weeks at a time. You know, if you look at how many games he's missed and how many games Alan Samaxon has missed over the over the time they've been here, that's probably the reason why both of them are still at Newcastle United or, or are playing for Newcastle in, in its current form. So... If we knew that before the season started, how did the hierarchy not recognise that? Again, Steve Bruce defended the club's decision not to buy a striker. He said, we've got goals in us. He talked about areas, other areas where they can get goals. But to me, it felt like they needed somebody um, to supplement Callum Wilson, you know, whether that was Adam Armstrong, whether it was somebody else who could come in and, and score the goals. I, I don't know who it is, but it's a massive gamble. Massive gamble to lose. Two, lost to two. Carroll didn't replace either of them. Um, it, it felt to me at the time, that, you know, massive gamble. I mean, we know what Jalinson can do now. And we know that he's probably, you know, he, he's 
he's getting better slowly, but he's not going to be the number nine. He's not a number nine. He's, they've taken the number nine shirt off him. Um, he does a lot. He, he does a lot better than he did when he first started. But he's not going to score the goals. Um, he's going to, you know, if he scores more than ten goals in any season that he's with Newcastle United, I'll be, I'll be hugely surprised because he's just not that kind of striker. So I, I do worry, you know, um, they've got two games now, two big games coming up, Leeds and then Wolves. And you have to say both of those matches for me are, they have to get four points from two, from, from two of them, I think, really, to, to get the season going. Um, and where are the goals going to come from? You know, Leeds have defensive problems. So if there's any day that you feel like Leeds, you know, Newcastle could potentially get those get those points. It, it's this Friday against Leeds, who, you know, lost plays in defence. They've not got... Um, you know, they've got players missing. This is the day to go after them. I think you've got to give Dwight Gale a, Dwight Gale a go. You've given him a three-year contract. Somebody at the club has given him a three-year contract. Why? For him to play in games like Friday. And that means you have to change everything around. It didn't seem to me when he got the three-year contract, by the way, that, that Steve Bruce ever particularly talked that warmly about it. It was never like, yes, delighted we've got him three years more. He's never really played him, despite all the talk from when he first came in, as oh, I'm delighted to have Dwight. I've tried to sign him three times. Tried to sign him three times in the championship. Now we're in the Premier League and you're relying on Dwight Gale to score goals. I think he can score goals, but I think he's got to be played in the right way. No, most certainly. And, and I mean, just the fact that we, we think the club knew Callum Wilson was injured before the transfer window shut and they still didn't go out and, and, and do something, even a player on loan. And I, I mean, I can't think of a name off the top of my head who would would come in and, and be on his level but to to be left with Joe Linson and Dwight Gale no disrespect to both of them to be without your number nine your talisman eh, eh, and knowing as well okay they might have not known the length that he was out for but there's certainly a belief that they knew he was going to be missing for at least Man United and possibly Leeds it, it just makes the transfer deadline day the decision not to bring someone on loan absolutely bizarre we did, they, they, they've he's played through, um, played through an injury against um, Southampton. Judging by what he, by what he subsequently said, I think they've known the problems there um, for a while, for a while with him because I don't think you know I don't think he um, I think against Southampton he it sounds like he played played through through a fair amount of pain in that game and then came off at the end. Uh, you just wonder, you just wonder what on earth the people who run Newcastle United think sometimes. Okay, they haven't got any money. Um, but they went out and, you know, they've, they've obviously done a structured payments for, for Joe Willock. Well, in any other football club, when you look at where are the goals going to come from, would would it not be the case that somebody somewhere is trying to find any way to go out and get a striker and and, and, and even on loan or or whatever it would be? But Newcastle, you know, you look at, you look at all the other clubs in the Premier League and, the, you know, Palace on the deadline day went and signed... Odson Edouard, a player that Newcastle have looked at a few times, scored two goals on his debut. Um, the clubs around Newcastle United really, you know, strengthening those those areas over the over the summer, and Newcastle deciding not to. And I think that's why you feel like the people who run Newcastle United and, and Rafa Benitez has always said this: don't really understand football, or they don't want to know football. They're more interested in, you know, preserving balance sheets and things like that, and and it could end up costing them. It's been a bad start to the season. One point from 12 from, you know, 
winnable so a couple of winnable fixtures in there in my opinion i mean southampton at home you really do need to win that match where where do we go from here if they don't win on if they don't win on friday and where's this season going to go it's it's not looking brilliant just on friday and that's where we'll finish just want to talk about a few of the selection kind of dilemmas that he's got i mean woodman is talking woodman dropping out for darlow after i mean you don't want to be too harsh on on, on woodman but he was at fault for at least one of the goals against Manchester United. And then Isaac Hayden as well, it's centre-back. And on a podcast yesterday with Lee Ryder, he spoke about how he found it a bit bizarre that you had Fernandez and Cher on the bench and you put Isaac Hayden, the defensive midfielder, probably the best defensive midfielder Newcastle have got, in, in the centre-back role. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think if, I think Fernandez, they... You know, Fernandez hasn't been in the best of form in the first few games, so maybe that's the reason why um, he, he comes out of it. I think the goalkeeper, it's a big call to drop your goalkeeper. It's, I think if Freddie Woodman gets dropped on Friday, will he play? You know, will, where what does, his, what does his future hold? Carl Darlow had a really good, really good time last season, but he was also dropped to Bravka. And I think it tells you a lot. It, it tells you an awful lot about the backing order of the football club. We know Dubravka is undoubtedly number one. For Freddie Woodman, this is his this is his chance. You know, they've got him on another, you know, they've got him for another for another year. And I think probably if you've decided after three, after four games that he's not your man there, then they end up probably selling him and and um and trying to recoup some profit there. Because, you know, I think you have to stick with him. I know he didn't have the best of games on Saturday, but I think I think you've got to stick with him. I, I don't think for his age and given how good he is as a goalkeeper, how good we know he is as a goalkeeper, to drop him would be um, would be a heck of a heck of a message. I think for, for for him and for the rest of the team about his faith in in Woodman, um, he at least has to have one more game. I think um, to, to show where to show where he goes. If he's going to be the future of goalkeeping at Newcastle United, they've got to keep playing him. Um, they've got to give him the chance. So I would stick with Woodman. And I'll put Hayden in central midfield as well. Again, you know, the very area of the team that, that, that Bruce was looking to strengthen. He wanted Hamza Chowdhury in there. Would have given them more legs. Um, Joe Willock's getting up to scratch his knees. Not, I don't think he's quite there yet. He missed a big, a big chunk of pre-season. Um, so I don't think he's quite there yet. I think the midfield did okay on, on Saturday for the most part. But, you know, I think... I think that's where the goal is going to have to come from if they're going to come if they're going to come this season. Um, and uh, you know we, they need to get Willock into those forward positions on Friday, um, so he, so he can do some damage and and um, and, and start to punish Leeds for some of the uh, some of the, uh, the the defensive problems that they've got. And just finally, then I mean, how crucial is Friday? Is it a must-win for Newcastle even this early on in the season? Well, it feels like that to me. I don't think it is a must-win because I think if they lose, the club won't act and sack him. But I think the atmosphere will tell you a lot on Friday, and I think it will be difficult if they if they go behind early, or you know, I think a lot of fans do feel very fed up about the situation. Mike Ashley's kind of got away with it a little bit in the last few, um, the last year or so, because because of this idea that he's trying to sell the sell the club and he's done everything he can there. So the focus is now being trained on Steve Bruce. So big, big game. Yeah, they need to get a point. I mean, if they don't beat. Leeds, where's the win going to come from? You know, a team, a team that I look down on confidence themselves, having a tougher second season than last season. Newcastle need to go out there and attack it, and I think they can win the game. You know, they've got the players to do it, but the complications around the bad start to the season and the atmosphere around Bruce means for me, 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it looks like a tough one, harder than it should be if we didn't have all this circus around the um, around the team. No, more certainly. Well, Mark, thank you for popping on to the Everything Is Black and White podcast to you guys listening. Please remember to like and subscribe and share the podcast amongst your Newcastle-nighted supporting friends and family. And head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep with it with all the latest Newcastle United news. <laughs>